Hi, I'm Scott with Android Guys, and today I'm here with John. John, let's talk a little bit about security, and uh, I know that's a pretty broad topic, uh, but let's talk a little bit about how uh, or why an Android user should be concerned about security. How does that sound? That sounds great, Scott. So let's just look at Android at the beginning uh, from the, the first release. Uh, it was designed with security in mind. You know, a lot of phones have pins or passwords that you could put on at the time. And, you know, late 2008, when the G1 came out, one of the first things that we noticed about it is that it had a pattern that you could draw. Right. Uh, it was unique. It was something that felt more secure than a pin, a four or five digit. Uh, you know, you can draw just about any pattern. And we saw some pretty unique things. Did you do that when you had your phone? I did. I remember using the pattern uh, very early on and it was kind of neat because you did feel at least there was another layer of security over just remembering a four-digit pin. You know, like if I created a unique random pattern, even if somebody saw it, it may be difficult for them to duplicate it. Yeah, so if you remember, some of the phones that were out, you know, you could touch and draw these patterns, but you could see that on a screen, depending on how oily you were and uh, right. how the screen technology or the glass was. It was pretty easy to determine at least the shape of the pattern, but if you didn't know the starting point, it was kind of moot point anyways. Um, so what are the different ways that we can secure an Android phone today uh, across the board? Well, I think now we have seen fingerprint coming about in almost every device that we're looking at. And the fingerprint really is a great security measure. And there's even more and more uh, processors that now will embed that into the or into special chips on the board to be able to handle that level of security. Um, on a like enterprise side with the G Suite, they actually typically won't allow the pattern as a method of authentication. So the fingerprint, your PIN, and also using a six-digit PIN or password has become a little bit more common in, in terms of those who are more, um, you know, worried about security. Um, the front-facing camera, that's something that has a lot of people up and down on. But what, what we have seen is studies have shown that if they take a picture of somebody or even a identical twin, it typically does not go off because uh, also like Windows Hello will use also a depth of field uh, with it. And so it's looking at IR, it's looking at some of the other functions within the camera to actually get the face recognition. So we have found it has been fairly secure. So do you feel like that's kind of a Google and other players moving the conversation forward, making things more secure because consumers don't know the risks or aren't being secure enough and just putting a pin number or uh, a pattern? Yeah, I think so. I think Google has a responsibility to secure data, but we also know that most people, we don't like security because it's inconvenient. And so if they're able to make it simpler, make it easier for mass adoption, I think that's just good for everyone. And so as they are able to find and other, you know, other companies are able to find ways to make 
uh, security easier, make it less uh, invasive, like you know the Pixel phones, put the finger right in the back of the phone. Some of the other LGs, I think it was, that did that. Or even the fingerprints down at the bottom or embedded into the glass. It makes it easier to set up uh, that authentication. And when you set your phone up too, you know it's bugging you, it's asking you, hey, set this up right now, instead of having the user do it later, because they're probably not going to. Right. Well, and for me, it I don't think of the fingerprint reader as a layer of security in the way that I used to think of a pin or a pattern. It just becomes like the most secure way to unlock my phone. And it that's changed. It, you know, a couple of years ago, I looked at it more like this is a, a high, highly detailed uh, security method. Uh, but now it's more of a, you know, it's, it's much quicker it, right. to pick up a phone. I grab it, you know, with my finger on the scanner and I can pick it up and when I flip it over, it's unlocked. Uh, so fingerprint to me, you know, that was something that was kind of in, instilled into Android from some of the handset makers, but then it became a platform level thing, I believe in Android 6.0. So now it's just one of those things that's always there. And if you kind of get in that mindset of, I need to secure this as I'm setting up this new phone or new device, uh, it just becomes security, not more of a peace of mind, not a, a, a gate that you have to get past. Uh, so, you know, when you set up your phones, you have, you know, primarily for Android, you're putting a Google account in there or some type of account. Um, Google has their hands in everything. You know, they have not just with Gmail, but you also have your Google Docs. You've got YouTube accounts. You have, you know, if you're using AdSense or AdWords to, you know, in your business, um, really there's a lot of different things that people do. Uh, YouTube music, uh, I mean, dozens of different ways right. that you can tie into Google. But so if I'm a user, uh, do I, can I do anything besides the security at the device level? What else can I do for Google to protect that particular account? Some of the other things, I think the first thing that pops on my head is um, two-factor authentication. And because your Google account typically is your, you know, the center of your life, because um, Reddit holds so much data, having a second factor of authentication to secure that is almost a no-brainer. But sadly, we found even there was a security researcher um, this year from Google who said only 10% of Gmail accounts have two-factor authentication enabled. So that is something that I feel is it's very simple to do. Um, it's only a handful of steps. And again, Google's made it very easy to do that. And um, maybe just to talk about that for a moment, you can go into, you know, you click on your photo and like your avatar, and then you can go to your account and security and you can set up 2FA, two-factor authentication. So before you get any deeper, what, what does that mean, two-factor? <clears throat> yeah, so... Um, your first factor of authentication is your password, where we talked about your like fingerprint on your phone. So that is one way or one gate to get through to your data. So you have your first step, the first way to enter in all your information, kind of like popping open a briefcase. You would have your, you know, your two codes on both sides. You pop it open. That was your first layer. But if you had an envelope inside that maybe had an additional lock pad on it or something else, that would be your second layer of authentication, something else you need to know, or like a decipher you need to know to right. pull up the code, right? So that is a second step, and this is where it's really handy. 
Um, say, unfortunately, you've reused your password somewhere. A lot of people will use the same password. So their Google password they may have reused for Netflix or they may have reused for you know some other account. But what if that other account has been compromised? What if there's been a breach at that website or that, that service? Well, now that person has your username and your password. So they have the keys to all of your Google data. And so that's all they would need is that single key, that password, to get in. With the second factor of authentication, not only do you need the password, but you also need something else to be able to authenticate your account. So if you sign into Google, say somebody gets it from another state, another country, they sign in as your name and your password, and they are presented with a second form of authentication. And without that, your Google account is safe. So if uh, you see people that say, well, you know, my past, my account was hacked, um, it's commonly, you, you hear that a lot. You hear people say, oh, my Facebook wasn't hacked. Uh, are they really hacked? <laughs> no. Most of the time, I, I would say the vast majority of the time, most people are never, ever hacked. Um, nobody is targeting them to hack into their account. What's really happened is somebody has their password or somebody's guessed their password. Um, I'll tell you just a quick thing of passwords. Most passwords are eight characters plus two numbers or and then a symbol at the end. And so you can really dumb down what somebody's password is probably has their address in it, the date that they were married, the date that they were born, the street that they lived on, one of their pet's names, one of their kids' names. Um, or even we've just saw this year for, I don't know, 20 years running, Monkey is always in the top 10. Right. Um, so, you know, people have these really, really bad passwords. And if you have a really bad password, it's really easy to guess. If it's a word in the dictionary, it's pretty easy to guess. And so um, that, that makes it a lot easier. So, yeah, hacking an account really is only for targeted individuals, meaning somebody is really out to get your information, but not for most of us. So if somebody does guess my password, the 2FA or two-factor authentication is a way of saying, okay, now guess this password. Right, exactly. And so, and there's, um, and there's ways, even when we talked about like the you know, being being breached, you know, like if there was a breach out there and there's somebody did access your password, there are websites you can go to. Um, I don't, you know, I can't like give, you know, my full support and backing to these, but like have I been pwned.com is one. Um, I use LastPass for um, password management. And if you have an account there, you can also um, look up all your email accounts and see if they've been a part of any breaches, which is a good idea to know maybe it's time to change my password. So do you change password? Yeah. So, you know, one of the old rules of thumb, um, even like a, if you've used like a Microsoft computer for work, like at, in a business, uh, the default is to change it every 90 days. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of default domain policy for like for a, a computer network. But what we found is folks when they have to change your password every 90 days, they make really, really bad passwords because nobody wants to remember them. They add another number to it. Right. Or they just move it up in one line. Exactly. It's so it's better to create a really, really good password and 
if you know there's been a problem, if you know there's been a breach, if you hear something online, change it. Don't reuse the same password. It's so easy to do that, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's so, but you can use, there's password managers out there, which we can talk about, you know, another time to help you do that. But, um, you know, if you do once a year, that's not a bad time either. Um, but you, you to, the most important thing is to make good passwords and to not reuse them. And if you know that there's been a breach, if you know there's been some reason that may have been compromised, or if you've had to share it with somebody for some reason, it's always a good time after that to change it. Right on. So you started to talk about Google Authenticator. Is this basically a website that we go to, an app on our phone? Talk a little bit about yeah, what so it is. Yeah, so Google Authenticator is an app that you can download onto your phone. And what it does is it scans a QR code on a site and it will prompt you with a six-digit readout that changes every 30 seconds. Um, if you remember, there used to be like these little RSA keys, these little like even like PayPal had like their little football mm -hmm. that would change a code every 30 seconds. That um, So when you signed in, it would do it. So it, it would give you that two-factor authentication. So Google has this and for all your Google accounts, um, even uh, like some domains like uh, you know DigitalOcean, Amazon, Evernote, Zoho, LastPass, um, all those folks, they have two-factor authentication that works with Google Authenticator. Mm -hmm. So like if you go to like your Google account, you sign in and say, I wanna use a Google Authenticator. It puts a little QR code up on your screen, you scan it and it gives you uh, six characters. So sorry, put in your code, 520150, and it authenticates it. And then every time you sign in from a new machine, or every 30 days, it'll ask you to re-verify yourself by putting in that um, that code. And that is a really easy um, downloadable app that you can use that is not just for Google products, but for a lot of products across, you know, across the web. So I know like, uh, for instance, uh, online, a lot of people like to, well, maybe a year ago, more so than now, but purchasing, uh, cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. a lot of the exchanges, they almost force you to do that yeah. so that people aren't guessing your password. You have to use uh, a second factor and a lot of those default to Google Authenticator. So uh, if you're at all interested in backing up your Google account and keeping it you know, behind another layer of security, check that out. It's a, it's a free app in the Play Store. You can get it for iPhone as well. Uh, are there other authenticators that people should be concerned with? Yeah, so there are some other ones that are really, really helpful. Um, Google has another one just for their own their own product, and it's a Google prompt. This, to me, is the no-brainer for somebody who just does not want to mess with security. You sign into your account. One of your phones that is signed in under your name a, a drop-down will pop up says, did you just sign in? You say yes. And you instantly on your computer, your Chromebook, your whatever, you're signed in and you're ready to go. It makes it really easy. Much like if you've used iOS devices, um, you can authenticate from other iOS devices or other Apple devices. Um, it's, it's the same sort of feel on, on Android where the prompt comes and it's easy. That I like a lot. Um, on Facebook, that's another, uh, they have their own code generator. So if you sign into a website, it's a li little 
bit of a pain to get to personally. Um, I would probably use the Google Authenticator instead because you have to go into the Facebook app on your device, go to menu, like scroll down to your code, click on it, and then get it. So it's a little bit more annoying to get to. LastPass um, also has an authenticator, Microsoft does. Um, so there's a handful of folks out there who use the authenticators. Um, but also, you know, even when you talk about like the cryptocurrencies, um, there's always have like the backup passwords, your backup codes. You know, you can print out like five or 10 of them. Evernote has your backup codes. Google has backup codes. And so those are like 10 of codes. And they say, don't store these online. Don't store these in these locations because they know um, that's your backup. That's your second, you know, that's your backup code. That's your second factor. So they don't want that to be compromised. So these are other codes that are basically, they give you a one-time list of five, 10 codes or whatever. And if you don't have access to the Google Authenticator on your phone, or if you're offline, you don't have a way of verifying it through the app. These are basically one-time disposable codes, but they're unique. It's a, it's a, a six-digit number that's only you're only prompted once you get past the first layer of the password. So right. Um, so anybody that's listening to this uh, podcast from you know obviously the, the more tech savvy people people who have been at this for a while they tend to know these things or maybe take for granted um, if you're a brand new android user or somebody who's getting into their first smartphones you've got kids you know it's basically it's christmas time you're going to be getting uh maybe some new devices under the tree what uh what level of security do you think they should take is this something that's like no that's not for me i don't have anything that's important so um, I put on, even on a uh, shared family account, I put in two-factor authentication. And the reason why is usually when you sign up for a new Google account and or even any Yahoo accounts and all this other stuff, you may always remember, if you think about it, you are putting in an, a, a backup email address, right? And so every once in a while, you, you may get an email from something that says, hey, somebody just signed into your Gmail account or this other Gmail account, but it's not yours. I have one like my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, when they mm -hmm. forget their password, I get a reminder email right. that says, hey, this person forgot their password. Well, some of those things are linked. And, you know, then somebody who may get into one account may see, oh, well, this is a secondary account obviously related to this person. This may be somebody I want to go after, may be something I want to look at. Um, you know, even if you don't have a lot of data on there, Google grabs more data than you. I mean, I think everybody knows they track everything. I mean, Amazon tracks everything. Target tracks everything. I mean, right. you know, there's, there's so much tracking. You know, if you go to like, what is it, google.com slash dashboard? I forget what that URL is. Um, that kind of gives you all of your uh all your stuff, you know, everywhere you've been, everything that you've looked at, you know, you can see there's a lot of information that's out there that uh, people can see about you. And so I think even if you're, you kind of have a dummy account that your kids like, you have a Google Home, you know, set up, all those searches that your kids are doing or that, mm -hmm. that you are doing, your spouse is doing, you know, or whatever, like that's all getting logged. And uh, I, to me, that in and of itself is enough reason to do it because while you may or may not trust Google and you know all the big tech companies out there, I think they do have a responsibility. But if you have a bad actor who goes right. out there to grab it, 
those are the people I really don't want to have it. Right. Um, so, so yeah, it is uh, Google.com slash dashboard. And when you pull it up, it shows you all the services that you have and where your account is basically linked. And, you know, some of the other ones to keep in mind are your calendar, um, your Google Play. Like if you've got something set up to automatically pay for apps, games, movies, somebody gets in there and they know that, they can do that. Yeah, they can log in, charge up a bunch of stuff just to be a jerk. Right, even on the, like, uh, the family account. Right. And that's one of your family. that They have authentic- authentication to your credit card. Yep. Uh, maps. If you have uh, specific places set up, uh, friends, family, work, if you have that stuff, you know, anybody that wants to get in and maybe social engineer or kind of pull some, you know, read the tea leaves of different things of who you are and what kind of a person, where you are, uh, you know, that's all hidden or basically behind the uh, Google login. So you definitely want to get in there and do something to secure yourself uh, as, as much as possible. And the sooner you do it, the better, because then it becomes routine and habit and not something that you think about that it's just kind of, you know, it's nice to get that email. I'm, I'm the same way with my son when he gets a different device or we log into a different phone or something that we're using, like a tablet, we log in and it prompts me. I know exactly when he's logging into something new or somebody else logs in, you know, my wife gets a notification every time somebody logs into Netflix. You know, there's a lot of that stuff that just says, hey, are you sure that's you? Uh, and it might be a pain in the butt to get those emails once in a while, but it's a lot nicer than getting the one that says your password has been changed and you can't get into it. So definitely recommend do something uh, to secure yourself uh, a, a two-factor or secondary, uh, you know, strong passwords. It, it, some of that sounds really cliche and stupid, but it's true. People are dumb. People are not using the right passwords. You mentioned, you know, eight characters, numbers. What would you say, uh, and we'll wrap it here, well, how would you, um, you know, and this is different for every place that you go to log in. Some will ask for a case-sensitive, must-use-an-uppercase, Certain characters are not allowed. You know, what would you say is a good way to secure yourself uh, password-wise? Yeah. Um, and this does change all the time. So I would just say as a disclaimer, um, as people change their passwords and it becomes new kind of routines of a uh, structure, password structure, uh, the bad guys find it and they start using that. But because most people start with eight characters two numbers and a symbol if they need to, flip it. Start with the symbol. Integrate your numbers and letters. If you would do, you know, there's four character sets, uppercase, lowercase, number, and symbol. Between all of those, I believe it's a 96 character set that you can use as a password of available options. If you use from that character set, Mix it up between the case between each character set. So like symbol, number, uppercase, lowercase, symbol, number, uppercase, lowercase. And make something that you can remember mm. that may be a structure that you could even repeat that, even though it's you know it's not always good to have repeating consecutive characters. Um, but if you put those together, it can be something that you could actually still remember as a single password and then maybe use a password manager like LastPass, Dashlane, FirstPass, OnePassword, and a whole host of other ones you know, out there to remember your password from there. 
um, that's a good place to start is or starting with a um, starting with a symbol and a number and just mixing up something that that you can remember but isn't easy to guess but I really would recommend using a password manager um, for for um, security awesome well I think that's gonna do it for today uh, so we'll dive in a little bit deeper maybe in the future about specifics uh, maybe an upcoming episode specifically around password managers and some of the benefits differences between them uh, maybe one that dives a little bit deeper into Google Authenticator and how to set it up, how to change phones if you have an account. Uh, so maybe look for that here in the future. Uh, thanks, John. I appreciate your time today. And uh, for those listening to the podcast, we appreciate it. Uh, feel free to subscribe, uh, like, comment, do all that fun stuff. You can find the podcast anywhere that you normally listen to your shows. We appreciate you listening and subscribing to Android Guys. And for John and myself, have a great day.